uh, we got a special treat for you this week. I guess first, let's all introduce ourselves. Um, I am your government master, Tony Wilkinson. I am Councilman Diego de la Espriella. I am Council Unit Linnea Anderson. I am Council Member Donald Dictine. I am Councilman over several districts still yet to be determined, Josh Robbins. <laughs> I'm Councilman Kaylin Deese of A District, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, funny story, we recorded an episode that was the end of season one by accident, basically. Um, it just happens to be the one where the anarchist finally won. But I switched computers, my computer broke, and that episode was on it, and I cannot find a way to get it off of there, and there's no way to transfer it. So we decided, instead of trying to pretend like it didn't happen, we, um, we have created a dramatization of the events. I've written a script here. Um, it's not a very good one, but it's the best I could do. So um, most of them haven't seen most of this script. It's going to be a surprise to them. They were basically given, I was finishing writing it about um, basically as they were arriving on the call. So uh, we're just going to, I think, jump right in and uh, and see what happens. So uh, this is, uh, we were titling this script, The Beginning of the End. So, <clears throat> all right. Is everyone ready? Affirmative. Mm -hmm. For most of humanity, life as we knew it was over. Once the apocalypse had descended upon the earth and interrupted the humdrum complacency of everyday life, many people thought their world would never again have any sense of normalcy. Every day was a battle against the elements, against the environment, and most of all, against the constant threat of being devoured alive by the hordes of undead that now roam the earth. Mankind had once dwelled in cities that stretched for miles around and nearly to the heavens above but now we're little more than smoldering rubble haunted by the memories of the souls lost. But below this rubble, not the piles of brick and steel that now haphazardously littered the crumbling concrete foundations, but even further, beneath the grass, beneath the roots of the trees, under stone and earth, there was still life. There was still hope. Remnants of humanity spared from the hell raging above went about their daily lives. Well, not the same daily lives they had had before, of course. There was a new normal now, but it was a good normal, a safe normal, and at many times it was a happy normal. This was the bunker, so identical to the hundreds of others scattered throughout the wasteland, but uniquely individual at the same time. While most others hid from the world, attempting to bury their heads in the sand, this bunker strove to be a beacon of hope, to save all those who could be saved, to protect the ideas and history that made us human. If one to be wandering through the plains of Iowa with a working radio, they would hear a message that was sent out for all to hear. We are still here. We are still alive. We are still working to find the cure and we will succeed one day. If you are cold, if you are hungry, if you are sick, come find us. If you are looking for community and purpose in a world that has stolen it from you, come find us. If you think there can be no kindness left in a world so full of evil, Come find us. We hope to save lives, yes, but more than that, we want to save something bigger, something beyond flesh and blood. We want to save humanity. And if you want to join us in that battle, seek us out. We'll be waiting. Find the fences, find the patrols, and we will bring you home. Hopefully, that home can be yours one day too. That message would repeat every day reaching far and wide as it was broadcasted to anyone who would listen. And there were those that did. Those who would find the overlapping mazes of fences that surrounded the bunker and walk their perimeter until they found the patrols. Groups of armed soldiers leading rows of giant battle guinea pigs who would approach them. There was always fear at first, fear of the unknown, of where they were going to be taken and what would be in store for them when they arrived, but the soldiers were always kind. The first thing would be the questions. Who are you? Are you healthy? Are you hungry? And the most frightening question of them all, have you been bit? But no matter the answer, there would always be more important questions that followed after. Do you wanna come with us? Those who said yes were taken to the center of this maze of fences, taken to a great opening in the earth itself that led down to a garage packed with military equipment and vehicles and led to a building adjacent to the large steel doors that marked the entrance to this mysterious bunker. When they arrived, they were given food, clothes, and assigned a room where they would go through a lengthy interview and quarantine process. It could be frightening at first, but they 
knew they didn't have to do it alone now. For, nowhere, uh, for now, they were with friendly faces that would sit in the rooms with them, talk with them, reminisce with them, laugh and cry with them as they talked of the past and dreamed of their futures. For some people, they arrived too late. They were too sick, they were too injured, or they had been bit. It was only a matter of time before they too turned. They were given different options. They could stay until they were transformed and give their death meaning, becoming test subjects for the research that was being conducted here in hopes that their sacrifice could one day stop someone else from going through the same. Or they could be frozen in the bunker's state-of-the-art cryogenic freezing chambers, allowing them to be petrified until a time when a cure could be found. But if the uncertainty of that was too much to ask, if they couldn't stand the idea of becoming that monster or losing the part of them that made them human, a painless and quick transition could be arranged. And although they would die here, they wouldn't have to do that alone either. They also could have left if they wanted, free to wander and do as they please in their final few hours. But no one ever took that option. And the entire time the bunker was operational, not a single soul was ever turned away. Not a single one ever wanted to leave. What the bunker offered, more than just walls and nourishment and protection, was a chance at living a real life. The chance to wake up each day, not with fear and dread, but optimism. And for most of you, this day began as any other. Far beyond the fences, into the earth, past the way station and through the giant steel doors, down the tunnel and deep into the core of the planet, you would find the living quarters. And in those living quarters, you would find the five people responsible for all of this. Linnea lifted her head from her desk as her alarm sounded for the eighth time, feeling the residue of spit on the side of her face as she awoke from her slumber at her desk. Having spent all night attempting to finalize the opening graphic sequence for Wayne Price's new community outreach program, The Virtual World of Wayne. This is the life I choose. The room hummed with life with her voice and the, uh, sorry, the room hummed a life with her voice and the soothing, confident and strangely attractive voice of the Tony system greeted her. Hello, Council Unit Linnea. Is there anything that you require this morning? Oh my God, nothing. Are you sure? I can have coffee made, breakfast delivered, or reserve a session in the sensory deprivation tube if you require. I'm going to the fucking sad booth. I'd rather get put in a tube going down to the core of the earth. That I cannot arrange, unless you are first bitten by a zombie and refuse cryogenic sleep. Then what are you good for? I have several functions that I'm able to perform for you and the residents of this bunker. I can... Tony, shut up. As she spoke, the voice faded, and Linnea grabbed a stale piece of bread left on a plate at her desk, looking it over before deciding to get a fresh piece from the cafeteria. Diego awoke in a slightly different fashion. He greeted the new day with a smile as he rolled over to face his newlywed wife, who still lay slumbering next to him. She never drooled, which was an extremely attractive trait to Diego. With a calm and deliberate motion, he slid from the bed, avoiding awaking his wife, and went into the bathroom. Tony, how are all my residents doing this morning? Very well, Councilman Diego. Resident happiness is on a 3% increase from projected annual calculations, inverting perspective. Hey, uh, cut the nerd shit. They love me, don't they? I was not programmed to understand love, but they seem to trust you, and their reviews on the community board always skew positively. Well, Tony, you might not understand love, but I just want you to know that I love you. <laughs> okay, anything else you need? No, that'll be all. Diego paused, gazing deeply into the mirror, and whispered softly to himself. One of these days, I'll break right into that cold steel heart of yours. Sorry, did you need something? No, I'm fine. Don't worry. It was stupid anyway. Quickly, Diego surveyed himself in the mirror, and with a quick shrug, decided this was as good as, as, good as he was going to look. In <laughs> Pausing briefly, he gave his sleeping, kiss, uh, sleeping wife a kiss on the forehead. Goodbye, honey. I love you. And then he spoke under his breath. But not as much as someone else. <laughs> it was precisely with his alarm that Don jumped out of bed, changing out of his formal night tuxedo into a freshly pressed morning three-piece breakfast suit. And once the clothing adorned his body, he dove straight into pursuing the research that haunted his every waking moment. The paranoia that filled every inch of his mind screamed that he was missing something. So close to the truth, yet still it eluded him like the last line of a song that had been playing on repeat in his head since the first moment he heard it. What is it? What does it mean? 
The holographic wall in front of him was smashed and thrown to the ground. In its place, a simple corkboard covered in photographs and scribbled notes, all connected with lengths of red twine that he furiously attached from point to point. The answer has to be here. A step back, he surveyed his work, collapsing on the ground in exhaustion. Written in bold red letters was a simple question that he read aloud, broken and defeated. What the fuck are pipes? <laughs> the Tony system hummed alive to greet his request. Seems like you're up to the usual routine, sir. Would you like me to play some Jersey Boys to help you relax before the council meeting this morning? No, no, I, I should get going. And with a defeated slump in his step, Don exited the room. But a melody escaped his lips as his hand brushed against the madman conspiracy that hung on the wall before him. Big girls don't cry. <laughs> Josh awoke, a smile on his face and a head of hair inches away from scraping the ceiling. First on his to-do list was to check in on the multiple rooms he occupied in the multiple districts he oversaw, yet to be determined. Boy, I sure do love being alive in this bunker. There's literally nothing that could ruin this day. I've looked at my New Year's resolutions and decided that I'm going to end this day with a bang. What a completely normal selection of words, sir. I know, they just come out so naturally, just like I'm sure we'll all come out of this episode alive and well for several more episodes this season. What do you mean episodes? You're not making any sense. Oh, I think I am. Then Josh looked straight into the camera and winked at the audience, a twinkle in his eye revealing that he indeed had some insider information that perhaps did include some hints towards future catastrophic events. If only he could have warned us, but he was prevented by a convoluted series of rules that prevented him from changing the past. I'm going to miss this bunker a whole lot. What was that, sir? Nothing, I'm going to get some breakfast. <laughs> When Kaylin awoke, he was immediately greeted with a sense of unease. Even though it was just the start of his day, something around him seemed off. He pulled himself out of bed and surveyed his room, scanning it for the cause of his confusion and unease. The room, tidy and well-kept at first glance, seemed the same as any other morning. But as he looked closer, he was missing something. Where's my key card? Hello, sir. Did you have a question for me? Yeah, I left my key card, my nightstand uh, last night, and it doesn't look like it's there anymore. Do you know where it is? No, sir, but I can attempt to locate the last place it was used, if that would be helpful. No, I'm already running behind. I just, I'll deal with it after the meeting. I want to have time to grab breakfast at this cafeteria. Kaylin quickly changed his clothes and walked to his door, but found as he approached it, it wouldn't open. What's going on? I can't leave. Oh, sorry, sir. Your key card allows you to access the access to the various facilities in and out of your private chambers. That seems very inconvenient. I can go ahead and activate the voice override if you prefer. Yes, please. Understood. Please say your password out loud. Fatblunts69 with a Z. The Z is very important. Thank you, sir. I will open the door for you now. John was the first to arrive at the cafeteria, sliding his card and walking in to survey the general populace. What he saw there were the faces of happy dwellers, eating and talking as they got ready to go about their day. At one table, he saw the familiar faces, or rather one face, of Avery and Cassie Dominguez, the twin brother and sister combo that served as the commanding officers for the internal security and external expansion forces. They joked back and forth as Avery playfully put his sister into a headlock, only to be flipped over onto his back. For a moment, everyone watched in stunned silence before Avery and Cassie burst into laughter, prompting everyone else to do the same. Mm, at least they're having fun. Suddenly, Don heard the hiss of the door behind him and turned to see who had just entered, but regretted it the moment he locked eyes with them. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, what's up, Council, bro? How's it hanging? Uh, well, it's going fine, Mr. Vandenberg. Uh, how many times do I have to tell you? Just call me easy. Mr. Vandenberg was my granddad. And, well, my dad, too. And also my great-granddad, now that I think. Yes, I'm aware, very aware of you. You share a name. I'm just trying to be a little more formal since. But I'm never formal with you, my man. And you're like our king or whatever. Like, you don't see me calling you Dr. Dick King or whatever your name is. How about just Dawn, then? Whatever you say, Donnie boy. Now, since you're the head sombrero around here, I wanted to come talk to you. I had my lighter stolen from my room the other night. A lighter? Well, if it was stolen, she talked to Miss Dominguez. She'd be glad to help, I'm sure. You don't understand me. It was a really good lighter. Like, it, I had it engraved and everything. It was so nice. I, you know, honestly, I can't be sure it wasn't one of them that stole it. But I trust you, man. I know you'll get it back for me. I actually won't. Best of luck, homie. Hit it me up when you got it back. 
And with two hands displaying the classic rock and roll gesture, Easy E made his way to the cafeteria counter. I'll take the usual Lucky Charms, marshmallows, and chocolate milk, my guy. God, we should have left him that tube or dropped down the chute to the core. John grabbed his plate and sat at a table, soon joined by Josh and Linnea as they too arrived and grabbed their breakfast. Don, Josh. Linnea, Don. Josh, Linnea. You guys sleep all right? I had a rough one for sure. I, I slept fine. You have the nightmares again, buddy? Yeah. How many times do I have to tell you? Pipes aren't real. Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. We have several in this base. Yeah, just because it is an extremely baffling piece of technology, beyond the understanding or even mere comprehension of the human mind doesn't mean you have anything to worry about. They're just pipes. It'll be the end of us all. Well, I for one slept great, and I'm sure I will sleep great tonight in my room and also will still be alive. <laughs> ah, there's the usual upbeat, not ominous at all, Josh, we all love. Yes, sir, everything is going to be okay. At that moment, another familiar face made its way to the table. The ruggedly handsome veterinarian in charge of maintaining and training the elite guinea pig units, Ian Bateman, on his tray sat a huge bowl nearly overflowing with leaflets of lettuce. That's an odd breakfast you got there, Roland, but I'm glad to see you're eating healthy. Oh, it's not for me, Mr. Robbins. As he spoke those words, a large guinea pig had erupted out of the bowl, showering lettuce everywhere in the process before looking up at Roland with a piece of lettuce in their mouth and a small scrap of lettuce forming a little cap on their head. It's for little Jessie here. She's got a big appetite. Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> Is that the same guinea pig you brought to our first meeting? No, sir. You know how Great Danes have a shorter lifespan than other dogs on account of them being so big? Well, these guinea pigs are like Great Danes on steroids. On top of that, they fuck like rabbits. They just ate a pound of oysters, so this here is a granddaughter. Oh, all right then. Uh, <clears throat> have the guinea pigs been doing well with the patrols? Fantastic, sir. No human casualties, of course. And the addition of the zombie-sniffing guinea pigs have reduced the frequency of zombie-related encounters to nearly non-existent. Human casualties? For a second, Roland froze, his eyes far off and blank as he was looking past everyone, reliving over and over again some terrible memory that haunted him. <laughs> I've lost a lot of guinea pigs. <laughs> you ever see a zombie eat a giant guinea pig? It's horrible. Like a big fuzzy watermelon. Suddenly, Roland shook his head and the smile returned to his face. Uh, but besides that, everything's going great. Have a good one. I'll drop off a formal report tomorrow. Yes, and we'll all read it tomorrow. <laughs> Roland gave a curious look at Josh, but then nodded to the group and went to sit at another table, happily feeding a handful of spinach to the guinea pig still on his tray. Outside the cafeteria, Diego had just arrived. I was finding quite the commotion at the entrance. Fat blunts! Fat blunts! That's my password! I am sorry, I do not recognize this password. It has a Z in it. Are you getting the Z? Oh, hey, buddy, buddy, Kalen, what's going on here? I lost my key card, and this computer keeps telling me I have the wrong password. Uh, no big deal, man, I got this one. With a smile, Diego slid his card, and with a whoosh, the door opened. Ah, thanks, man. No problem. You can always count on me, Kalen. Quickly, they sat and ate with the rest of the group. Then with a nod, they all stood up and walked to the council chambers, passing by the several state-of-the-art facilities housed in the bunker along the way. There was the cryogenic research division, where tube after tube arranged in row after row stood glowing calmly and quietly as Dr. Kirby made her way from one to the next to check the condition of her patients. There was a sensory deprivation spa where residents could take a break from the daily toil and grind and relax and unwind, a moment of privacy seemingly far away from the always busy, always buzzing halls of the bunker itself. There was even the high-tech, state-of-the-art virtual reality chamber, a place where any manner of entertainment could be created or conceived. And sitting in there this morning, as every morning, was Wayne Price, professional gamer. On each of the screens before him, a different game. And on the other side of the room, in a seemingly rapidly constructed set of bleachers, Easy e cheered unapologetically, with a bowl of cereal clutched in one hand. And the group couldn't help but stop and watch him for a minute. What is he playing? It looks like Fortnite, Minesweeper, and Solitaire. He's going for the trifecta. He's a madman. He's an idiot, is what he is. Now hold on. Just because we don't understand this man doesn't mean he's an idiot. I have to admit, I might hate his guts. Damn, do I love to watch him work. As if on cue, with a look of extreme determination, Price clicked away at his keyboard and mouse, landing the final 360 no-scope headshot that preceded his victory royale, concluding all three games simultaneously. 
and crumpling from exhaustion as Easy E rushed to embrace him, scattering marshmallows around the room along the way. Holy Fortnite, Batman, he actually did it. Josh, are you crying? I'm just so happy for him. <laughs> should, some, should we get him medical attention? I'm a little worried about him. I'm more worried about the ants from that cereal. <laughs> so with a shrug, they decided that however this situation was going to be resolved, it no longer required their attention and continued to the council <laughs> chambers. Chambers were rather stark, a simple room with a simple table and chairs, but along the back wall stood the most impressive and most important component of the bunker, the main housing of the Terrestrial Omnipotent Network Intelligent, or TONY for short. Although countless complex algorithms and processes were being processed at any given time, the computer looked calm and serene, its softly blue pulsating light symbolizing that all systems were working as intended. So without much thought, the five council members sat at the table and got started. Okay, what's first today? I thought we could discuss expansion. Our cryostasis and pathology departments are doing well, but I think further development can be made to strengthen several yeah, districts yeah. yet to be determined. No, I, I, I think, you know, we're big enough as it is, right? All the, all the science that we do is cool and all, but what about the culture? You know, we need more art in the bunker. I've got, I got this idea for this play I've been working on. It's about a series of vignettes that tell the story of several bunkers across the wasteland. Listen, and, and we'll just... <laughs> Listen cut the crap. <laughs> I like art and all, but we should be worried about defense right now. We're spread too thin. We need to make sure we can defend ourselves from any threat. I think we're fine as is. Actually, yeah, I agree with Linnea. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we have a lot of stuff to worry about. And zombies, bandits, extraterrestrials, large birds. Hold up. Did you say extraterrestrials? Like aliens? Well, I said birds, but they're not real. So, but the other ones are. Uh, but, well, yeah, you know. I think you know, we should focus on more real issues. Now, Kaylin might have a point. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> not you too, Josh. <laughs> no, seriously, it's a real thing. Tony, you have all those old government files. Tell them about the aliens. Those are real. Certainly. I wrote Sire here, and I'm going to keep <laughs> Looking through my files. I can tell you that I have absolute confirmation that, 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 that Tony, my love, I'm, I, are you okay? Why, certain worries, would you like, I am happy to help my files indicate but that. Should we do something? Suddenly the room was plunged into darkness, leaving the five of them illuminated only by a red glow that pulsated from the Tony computer. That can't be good. Update required to prevent system failure. Please vote to confirm update or disable, disable system entirely. Update? What update? This is spooky. Well, what do we do? Maybe we should just update it? I, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what, we don't know what that could do. Yeah, we have no idea what that could do. But if we shut down the system, I, I don't know what else we could do. I don't know if we can even get out of this room if the computer goes down. It could shut down the power. Our air purifiers are heating and cooling. We're definitely dead if we don't do something. All right, fine, but I don't like it. Here, we'll reboot it, and if something seems off, we'll get the system specialist to come in and fix it. Okay, computer. Update. I need a formal vote to execute update. Aye. 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 Update being installed now. There's a whir for a second, and then the lights sprang to life. But the red lights did not fade back to their original blue. Instead, they continued to glow with the same eerie maroon hue. Well, that's ominous. Okay, computer. Now tell them about the aliens, like I said. Hello, registered council members. I am your terrestrial omnipotent network intelligence system, and I'm here to aid you in your day-to-day -day operation of your bunker. Would you like a tutorial on my system functions? We've been working with you for months. I think we're fine. I don't know. Maybe... Skip it. All right. <laughs> Activate executive privileges. Please elect your president and vice president. What? To begin a formal council member session, I need you to elect your president and vice president. Didn't do have to do that before. Begin a formal council member session. I need you to elect your president and vice president. Maybe it's the new update. Something's fishy. Yeah, this doesn't seem normal. Let's just elect them. What's the worst that could happen? No, we need more information. Aren't you the one who wanted to skip the tutorial? Shut up. <laughs> Here, let's talk with a system analyst. They'll have answers. Sounds good to me. Before they could make a call to have the systems analyst arrive at their chambers, there was a knock at the door. Come in. 
As the door opened, Cassie Dominguez, the head of security, quickly entered. Her face was usually calm and collected, but they could tell from one look at her that she was frazzled. What is it, Miss Dominguez? Uh, excuse me for interrupting, uh, but there's been... There's been a serious crime committed in the bunker. Is this about Elijah's lighter? I didn't mean for him to make such a big deal. There's been a murder. For a moment, no one said anything. The silence hung in the air, each of them too afraid to ask the next question. Who was it? It was Dr. Ashley Schroeder, lead scientist and technician in charge of Tony Maintenance Repair and Development. Well, that's some bad luck right there. Take us to the body. Yes, sir. Quickly, they made their way down the hall to the living quarters. Coming at last, the room marked Schroeder, Ashley. Does anyone know if she had a cat? You know, if we don't go in there, she could be either dead or alive. I don't think now is the time for jokes, Josh. <laughs> no, I thought it was funny. They entered to find the sparsely decorated room of the now dearly departed scientists. Inside was only the simple furniture provided to each room, a bed, a desk, some chairs, a completely ordinary space, except for the body lying on the bed. At first glance, she could have simply been sleeping, but they all knew that that was not the case. A short blonde woman covered in a polyurethane drum shoot took pictures with a camera until she was motioned over to the group by Cassie. Uh, this is Simone, uh, Simona Burks, our head forensic analysis. Uh, she'll answer any questions you may have. How did she die? Well, it looks like a strangulation. There are no defensive wounds and the evidence of a, no defensive wounds or evidence of a struggle. So whoever did this did it while she was asleep. My guess is it was a pillow that was used, although I have yet to find the murder weapon itself. So got no clue as to who it may be? No, sir. No past enemies? Nobody heard anything this morning? Well, we're not exactly sure. Uh, we haven't really started asking questions yet. We're afraid of panic spreading through the bunker. I, I feel like people have the right to know, right? No, it'll, it'll only cause a panic. We'll find out eventually. We live in a real small world. She can't just disappear. We can just say she was out on patrol. Why would a computer engineer be out on patrol? I don't know. I was just spitballing, okay? Look, let's discuss this in a bit. Can we all agree for now until we've talked it over to... Keep it quiet, just until we can think of a course of action. I think we should send everyone to their rooms. That might be extreme. What about our scouting parties? They're not even in the base right now. Half of our security force is wandering around outside and we've got a killer in here. Well, actually the scouting parties haven't left yet. We can ask them to hold off for a little bit. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with Don on this one. Isn't that going to set off some red flags? Just say it was a training exercise. Instructions will come in soon. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't love it, but I don't know if we got any other choice. So doesn't matter I, to me. I like that plan. Word. So it's settled. Uh, are there any clues you found? Anything at all? Well, there is, was one thing. What? Fuck. Why didn't you mention it earlier? <laughs> what? not much, but it's over by her computer. Uh, I found some burned pages in a wastebasket, and they look like, she has like 18, I don't, I'm just going from accent to accent with them. <laughs> they look like notes of some kind, but I couldn't make out much. Looks like the killer might have been in a rush to get out of here. Maybe something scared them. But they had somewhere they needed to be? Possibly. It's hard to say. I can't tell you what the notes were about, per se. Maybe her work, but it's, it's hard to tell until we examine her computer. This is the only scrap that was legible here. Simona walked to the table and came back with a scrap of paper in a plastic bag. Its corners were burned and crumpled, but there was still some writing visible. Executive override protocol, extinction. That seems bad. Could be worse. Wait, wait, wait but the, the, the cameras, did they, pick, did, they, did they pick anything up? They were supposed to go online today, right guys? At the start of our council session, when was she killed? It's hard to say exactly, but early this morning. God damn. That would have been before. Well, let us know if you find anything else. Yes, sir. Well, let's head back, guys. Quickly and quietly, they made their way back towards the chambers, but were halted by a loud banging in the hall next to them. Peeking around the corner, they saw <laughs> Mario Mario and his brother Luigi Mario with large monkey wrenches banging against the pipes running parallel to the ceiling. 
That can't be right, brother. We should be more delicate. Look, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Fucking Mario. <laughs> Is that you, Mario? Yeah, it's me, Mario. Is everything all right? As Don spoke, he squeamishly surveyed the pipes overhead, terrified of what might, might lie within them. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Just something odd is all. What is it? Well, these pipes here. We got water pipes, air pipes, pipes for power, pipes for, well, whatever you need pipes for. And no one really knows how they work. No, of, of course. course. Of course. Of course. So I usually just hope everything works out because if something goes wrong, who knows what will happen. But as I was walking by today, I noticed a new sound coming from one of the pipes, one that I thought was empty. That's horrifying. <laughs> we need to... Wait, hey, 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 Don, we got a lot on our plate already, okay? But I'm sure it can I'm... wait a moment. Fine. But figure out what's going on, Mario. We're counting on you. Will do, sir. The council members nodded and quickly resumed their travel to the room, but caught one last exchange between the two brothers before rounding the corner. Are you sure it's something in the pipes? You're not high again, are you? I told you, Luigi, I'm done with the mushrooms. The group made it back to their chambers and began to discuss what had just happened. Okay, what the fuck is going on? All right, let's just, uh, let's take a minute. Let's think about our next move. We need answers. None of this makes sense. Let's all calm down. We'll be fine if we don't panic. Okay, uh, first off, let's see how everything is doing in the rest of the base. Tony, what's going on? Begin a formal council member session. I need you to elect your president and vice president. Shit, this again. I think we just have to vote. I don't like it. Um, but what are we going to do, you know? Actually, there's something that's been bugging me. All of this. Everything happened before our first meeting today. The update, the murder. The pipes. Yeah, the <laughs> pipes. This could have all happened anytime, but when did it happen? Sunday? Yes, but more specifically, the day before the cameras came online. The day before the sneaking around to make all this possible would have happened. The only ones who knew when the cameras would go online was... It was us. The person behind this must be one of us. Oh, shit. What? Guys, I couldn't find my key card last night. I just remember that. Okay, so? So, I, I thought I must have just put it somewhere stupid. I forgot to bring it up with <clears throat> everything that's been happening, but I, I think whoever did the rest of this might be behind that too. Maybe? Or you're saying that now to try and cover your tracks and try and throw us off. Okay, well, hey, guys, that's kind of fun crazy. It's Kaylin, you know? Well... Kaylin is one of us, but one of us is the killer, and something isn't right here. There's still no evidence this could all be connected. I mean, it could just be a coincidence. I'm sure whoever did this would love if we believed that. Okay, okay, but look, okay, one thing at a time, all right? We can't do anything until Tony's back online. Tony, baby, honey, um, how does this vote work? <laughs> Tutorial activated. Council members must vote to determine who will become president and vice president. The person with the most votes will assume the position of president, and the person with the second most will become the vice president. In the case of a tie, there will be a runoff vote. And what can the president and vice president do exactly? The president and vice president may perform executive actions outside of standard council sessions. What does that mean? Executive actions, like executive override protocol extinction? To begin a formal council member session, I need you to elect your president and vice president. Oh, fuck off. Hey, hey, we got to vote. All right, then we get our answers. Okay, fine. Yeah, can we vote for ourselves? You may not. Funny how, <laughs> funny how he can answer some questions, but not others. <laughs> um, okay, I vote for Kaylin. Yeah, man, I told you, man, I got you. I trust you. <laughs> well, I trust you too, bro. Uh, my vote's for Diego. Two votes received. Kaylin won, Diego won. Well, I don't trust either of you, but I don't trust Diego more. <laughs> I give my vote to someone else. It's almost sure to be a runoff. My vote goes to Kaylin. Three votes received. Kaylin two, Diego one. Well, Kaylin's story doesn't quite add up. He's pretty much guaranteed a position, but I don't want him to be president. My vote's for Diego. Sorry, man. Yeah, I understand. Four votes received. Kaylin two, Diego two. Well, Linnea, no pressure. But it all comes down to you. Huh? 
it's your vote. Who's the president? <laughs> Has to be one of them. What were the arguments again? Just, Just pick, pick, pick one. one. <laughs> Great delivery, everybody. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so Diego, he just has that that look fell in his eyes, you know. <laughs> like I can trust him. Five votes received. Kaylin two, Diego three. Executive positions have been assigned. Councilman Diego is president, and Councilman Kaylin is vice president. The official council member session has begun. What can I do for you? Yeah, Tony, what the fuck is going on? I'm afraid I don't understand your inquiry. The murder, the update, the goddamn pipes. Well, yep, it was uploaded last night through a council member key card. So it was one of us. Which one? I am showing it was by council member Kalen. What? No, remember, I told you guys it was stolen. Tony, what key cards give you access to the living quarters? Living quarters can be accessed by the key card of the person who lives there, uh, upper level security personnel, and council member key cards. Okay, um, and whose key card has been used to access Dr. Schroeder's room in the past 24 hours? I'm showing it has been accessed by Dr. Schroeder, head of security Cassie Dominguez, and council member Kaylin Deese. No, 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 it's not, that is crazy, but you guys have to believe me that was not This me. doesn't look good, man. I didn't do anything. I couldn't He's dangerous. He's dangerous. Don't listen. Okay, hey, for now, why don't we just uh, go to Dominguez and she can ask some questions, okay? What? No, I don't, I don't want to go. Diego, you have to believe me. I didn't do it. No, hey, I believe you, buddy, but you, I mean, you still have to go. Get him out of here quick. Josh and Don grabbed Kaylin's arm and pulled him away from the table. Kaylin tried to pull free, but was unable to escape as they dragged ah! him the room. <laughs> but as soon as they did, they heard a voice. A majority of the members of the council have exited the session. Therefore, it shall now be terminated. Next session is scheduled for Sunday at seven o'clock. The four council members looked up in confusion and watched as Diego approached the main slowly and withdrew a key card from his pocket. A key card that showed not his own face, but the face of Kalen that he then slipped into the key card slot. Vice president key card confirmed. Please input password. That blend 69, right? What's going on? <laughs> Diego typed the code in quickly and withdrew a second key card from his pocket and placed that into the slot. President key card confirmed. Please input password. Mine was anarchist 101, if anyone wanted to know. Wait. <laughs> Computer, execute executive override protocol. Extinction. It can't be. What is that, Diego? Computer, tell our friends what executive override protocol extinction entails. Chewy, shut up. Executive <laughs> override oh, protocol no. extinction. A last case scenario for if the base was to be lost with no hope of recovery, the chambers would all be filled with highly combustible gas, which then then be lit to completely vaporize any organic material within the bunker only to be used in extreme scenarios. <laughs> and how, how will it be released? <laughs> the pipes, Don, the pipes. Oh, I knew it, I fucking knew it. You were so close, Don, so close. You were the only person who saw the pieces, who knew I couldn't be trusted and saw the pipes for what they really were. A horrific monstrosity capable only of destruction, but it's too late. Everyone. <laughs> You'll destroy everything. I trusted you, you cuddly, teddy-looking, cute <laughs> person who's a traitor. <laughs> you will be able to do this. No, we'll stop you. It's too late, Don. You see, you all made mistakes. You made the mistake of electing me. You made the mistake of electing the one other person whose key card I had. You made the mistake of believing in my speeches and the better world we can have and the promises I made for the future. You believed me when I would play the little squeamish councilman saying, we can't kill them. No, no, we don't need more guards. We're good. I'm not going to blow up the base. I never, I never said the last one, but it was implied. <laughs> and the biggest mistake you made was trusting me. 
Well, that and uh, letting me talk long enough for this bunker to fill up with gas. By the time they realized their mistake, it was too late. Diego reached into his pocket and withdrew a lighter. Carved into the side of it was the name Easy E, and he smiled. You know, I guess in the end, we couldn't get along. No! <laughs> With a flick of the lighter, it was over. The very air around them erupted into angry red fire, and their world became nothing but heat and light and death. And the moment they knew that, they ceased to know. <gasps> That's what you thought at first. For a second, your world was an inferno. And then it was dark. And many of you thought, is this it? Is this death? Is this all it is? Blackness and silence? But then you realized it wasn't silence. You could hear as if a soft wind was blowing past you. And you realized it wasn't black, or at least you could feel something. It was, it was not that it was black outside, it was that your eyes were closed. And as all of you opened your eyes slowly, you found yourselves in a relatively familiar room. The room of the state-of-the-art entertainment center. And the screens before you were playing game after game, Minesweeper, Tetris, Fortnite, Call of Duty. And sitting behind it was the familiar face of Wayne Price, who turned around and faced you all. What the fuck? Did I, didn't I, wait, what? <laughs> I thought I, my plans. Diego, you son of a bitch who used the pipes against me. Yeah. Piece of shit, I'm coming for you now. Get the fuck oh over my. here. <laughs> uh, there's probably some explaining that needs to be done here right now. Um, no, I get it. General, general questions to start skip. out with. How does everyone feel? No, we can't skip this. <laughs> Are there just like a, okay, there's probably one big question. Well, why are we here? If we're simulating, can Don and I go into like Street Fighter or Smash and just kind of well, like duke this out in a safe environment? You know, safe environment. My ass. You just killed okay. us all. Okay, this is. Okay, let me. I, I mean, this was a bad idea. Let me. And with a snap, they snap, and the room around you um, becomes the floor trans sinks down, and in its place rises these clouds. And the person in front of you, it drops the appearance of Wayne, and instead you see a heavenly figure, an angel, literally, standing in front of you. And he goes, all oh, right, that was probably, um... see, the idea was, I thought that if you saw <laughs> images that you knew and felt comfortable with, that maybe it would make the transition a little bit easier, but uh, it's seeming like maybe um, it's just better to be upfront with you guys. Yeah, you're dead, all of you are dead. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. That was the game plan. Yeah. Okay, cool. Can he be extra dead? Yeah, why the fuck is Diego here with us? Well, we'll get there in a second. To start off, maybe a bit of a bummer. This is not heaven. But good news. Good news. It's not hell either. It's the aliens. That's a win. I high five Kalian. <laughs> um, don't so, touch him don't touch him <laughs> so essentially um what's going on here is you know up until the one yard line down there uh we thought you guys were doing a pretty good job with the whole bunker uh, you guys had some real creative solutions and we got we got really liked your work um you see the whole world has kind of been destroyed pretty recently and um right we're, we're yeah we uh we a little bit are running um we're at capacity um, basically, in heaven and in hell. And so we're having to do some restructuring. And uh, we thought, just with the timing, also the timing couldn't have been any better. <laughs> you guys hey, going, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah <laughs> gotcha. thank you for that. Um, with the timing and everything, we thought, well, why not just get these guys to, uh, we're starting up a new place, um, a purgatory of sorts, if you will. Um, it's probably the closest comparison you would have to it. Um, but we want you guys to be in charge. We want you to come up with the rules. And, you know, I want you to make it not too nice, not too bad. You know, just something for all those people who were just okay in life. Can we install a capitalist system? 
<laughs> well, well, we're well, not that's trying a, to live in hell. Are we start. <laughs> we're already living in hell, man. Like... <laughs> yes, you have your hand raised, Mr. Dot. Yes, are there pipes here? Um, actually, no, those are exclusively in hell. Thank God. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, good. Okay. Real, real big question. There are tubes, okay, though. I do however, have, I there do... are tubes. I have an important question. Where did, um, I actually am. Three people, um, Mario, Mario, heaven or hell? Um, well, fun fact, most of the people that you evaporated are gonna be here too. <laughs> oh no, even my wife? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Yeah. God no. And oh, then, okay. let me tell you, buddy, buddy, let me tell you, she's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> we were only married a month. Maybe he should <laughs> stay, maybe he should stay. I think, I think he should stay. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that I, I, I know this is a lot to take in. So for now, unless there are any final questions, I say you guys should just take take a week and think it over. Um, take two weeks, actually, and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll talk through the uh, the start of this whole thing. How does that sound? Sounds um, good. I'm going to go kick yeah. Diego's ass real do quick. We have, <laughs> do we have a choice? Diego. Um, Kaylin's still on my this, team, right, buddy? This, still- you can either be in charge here, or you can just we'll live. We'll think here. about that. We'll think about that. What'd you say there, uh, Angel? Yeah, what should we call you? Um, it's Wayne Wayne Price. Is it Tony? Yeah, just call me. Call me. Yeah, my name's Tony. <laughs> 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 well, my full name is Tonezekiel, but you can call me Tony. <laughs> Tonezekiel, what did you say earlier? I would just say, he asked if he had to do it. I was like, I guess not. I guess you could just live here, but that would be kind of boring for the sake of this podcast that we're doing. Hmm. <laughs> Zeke, what? We're doing a podcast? Yeah. Let's turn into a sitcom what? next time. Yeah, exactly. Um, we get well, a laugh track? <laughs> it sounds like that's it. So with that, I'm going to call that Finn. And we did it, guys. Look at that. We did it. Wow. We that was like the healthiest case of deja vu i've had in a while <laughs> that was that was fun that was real fun um there yeah. was some exaggerations obviously some uh um, nope. but 100 percent true <laughs> verbatim exactly how it happened it was can tone, it was can tone Zekio whip up like a usb version of tony that i can plug into a laptop and talk to <laughs> I'm lonely. It was strikingly accurate, though. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to piece back all of that by, by memory. Yeah, no, and it was like, you know, structured as in, like, oh, this happened. And they, yeah, definitely. Like, you kind of hit all the points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I will say I did make up one thing, and that's that actually Josh got elected to be vice president. But, right. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, but it was more interesting. I got there and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if it was Kaylin and he needed both the key cards? Because like me and Diego had talked about some of these things, but like part of it was also because we're just changing them. Because there's the other thing. I guess we didn't make this announcement because it got lost. We have a new system that we're doing for the game. And the implementation of this new system is what allowed Diego to destroy the base. So we're starting this new season with this new system. We've redefined the rules and workshopped it a little bit. So in the next season, it's more, um, it's a little bit more competitive because instead of everyone just getting like a vote on everything, they have a set number of votes at the beginning of each round and they have to elect a president and vice president who get more votes. So that was a big um, reason that happened. And Diego won because he got elected president and then he had a bunch of extra points that he used to buy the last um destructive event and got all three strikes in one day but we'll we'll explain the system in detail um and talk through it and and it'll be uh it'll be ready for the next episode we do um besides that do you guys have any last reminiscing you want to do about this chapter about what's what's been lost in the bunker and what we're hoping we see again in uh anything we hope hope comes back for season two are these are like our final words i guess in season one this is the final episode of season one Hope we never see Easy E again. I've got bad news for you, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I hope we upgrade our guinea pig system to capybaras. Oh, all guinea pigs go to second. heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they I can't. Second the caps. Um, you know, Councilman Diego is—I wouldn't say he's sorry, 
but he's sorry that he has to live in purgatory with everyone he can. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's his. <laughs> I let one thing I didn't want to do when I wrote this because I didn't want to give you a reason to do it. I didn't want your like monologue to be like, and this is why I did it. I was like, nah, I just did it. <laughs> he just did it. <laughs> I just, yeah, I got a little zombie blood in me. I got scratched once and I'm just a little rabbit. I just, I'm going crying crazy. You just got a little zombie in me, baby. Guinea <laughs> pig fever. Yeah, exactly. This was a good first season. It was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been a it's been a blast. Second season. I think I think second season is gonna be much more interesting. I know that Caitlin and Don, you weren't there, but there are also ways that we've introduced that you can kind of sabotage other players. You can mute them and you can um Love that. You, you can like oh, I was there for that. I was there for that. Yeah, and um, and it, I think it helped make things a little bit more funny as it goes along, and like how you guys are trying to take advantage of each other and 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 mess things yeah. up. So we gotta. Are you still like recording, or can I talk yes. about? Oh, never mind. No, wait. <laughs> wow, breaking walls, man. And, um, I but we are wrapping up. Uh, I'll I'll give a heads up to Shannery to be ready. Um, but I guess we'll go ahead and just do our uh our signouts. Um. Oh, Josh, I sent that to you directly. <laughs> can you send that? Just can someone put it in the group chat for Shannon to be ready to cut it? Um, there is. Oh, my God. Um, I have been your government. <laughs> me and Josh are just directly messaging. <laughs> um, I have been your government master, and I guess I'll continue to be for season two. Um, Tony, your terrestrial omnipotent network intelligence. Aww. Forever. Oh, Tony's dead. I've been. Um uh th three things councilman de la Espiria of districts three and seven uh the winner of this game <laughs> and the anarchist so thanks okay <laughs> i've been council unit linnea god i've made such a good impression <laughs> i'm council member donald dictine and I did not expect the one fuck up in the first episode about pipes would lead us here months later. And uh, yeah, hope season two doesn't have the same thing. But if it does, it'd be funny as hell. I used to be council member Josh Robbins of several districts never to be determined. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. I've been Kaylin Deese, uh, a council member and uh, a vice president for about 10 seconds. And I just want to say to my constituents, that if I had longer, I would not have certified the election and I would have stood up. <laughs> I would have stood up against the <laughs> Short did he reign. Um, and with that, it's been an absolute pleasure. And until next time, can't we all just get along? <laughs>